Happy Thursday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. Today is a special edition of the podcast, but we hope you'll join us every Friday as we normally uh, post. So we, uh, we're we joined today. We want to say thank you so much to Oklahoma Teacher of the Year, Gina Nelson, for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. A lot of good things going on. Um, we have... Yeah, we have quite a few things to cover. Um, we are going to first, let's um, take a look at the State Board of Education meeting today. Can, Alicia, can you give us a recap of, um, of what was decided? Absolutely. So um, Catherine Bishop, our, our OEA vice president, attends all the State Board of Education meetings um, and listens in and by attends, they've been virtual. So, um, and, and so today, we had some really good news coming out of the state board uh, action. Not the least of those is that the teacher leader effectiveness, your evaluation system, districts can apply for a waiver to be exempt from the qualitative portion of the TLE due to the burden placed on teachers due to COVID-19 for the 2021 year. Now, that's the, the qualitative part. The PL focus, the professional learning focus, is um, is still in place. So there are there are parts that have been removed and parts that'll still stay in place. But your district will have to apply for a waiver to um, to do that. Also, the A through F report card. Get ready to with clapping hands and cheering. The A through F report card will be suspended for the 2021 year. So that is fantastic news. Um, the state assessments are still going to be given in the spring for districts. And, and the reason for that, according to the State Department, is that they want to go ahead and give those tests to help identify gaps where additional resources will be needed. So they've decoupled it from, you know, uh, from the A through F report card. It's not going to be, you know, come into any play in that. It will only be used for districts for um, identification of areas where we need to go back and do reteaching and things that assessments are really made for, right? Um, so they've also suspended the requirement of instruction of CPR for students to graduate in 2021. So those are the overall big happenings at the State Board of Education today. So let's talk, let's zoom in on A to F um, and state assessments. Um, Gina, as a career educator, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I, I think that, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic. And I think that this is, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of our teachers, our schools, and our administrators. Um, when we take that element out of the, um, out of the assessments, uh, you know, when, I'm sorry, when we're talking about um, the qualitative, uh, it's going to help because right now our administrators are stretched so thin. Mm -hmm. A lot of our administrators mm -hmm. are actually doing uh, the contact tracing for COVID-19. Yes. And so it's it's becoming very difficult for them to actually get into the classrooms and see what's going on. And also, um, looking at all of the breakdown that's on an evaluation, some of those things you cannot see um, when you are doing virtual teaching. 
uh, you know, whether it be groupings or things like that. So I think, you know, this is just good old common sense. And uh, this is this is what I like to see happening right now, because um, really and truly, you know, we have to all work together. We've got to be flexible. Um, we are asking our parents and our students to be flexible. We need to ask our teachers and our admin to be flexible as well. So I want to applaud um, the state board and Superintendent Hoffmeister um, for, for really alleviating that, that piece of stress off of our schools. There's already enough stress this year. Yes, there is. A little bit. A little bit. Um, Alicia, can you can you talk a little bit about accountability? One of the things that we hear is, well, this is how we hold people accountable. So what about that? So if anybody actually believes that having a test at the end of the year makes teachers teach harder, they haven't met teachers before. Um, so uh, so while educators uh, use these, Accountability, these assessments to help drive their instruction, maybe uh, looking for trends over years of pieces of standards that that they may not have um, hit as hard as they needed to. Mm -hmm. So so then the next year they make sure that that they strengthen that. So mm -hmm. it really should be used as as edu as teachers look at past test scores and see where they can improve practice as opposed to this false sense of accountability. Because, you know, as, as the OU and OSU researchers put out several years ago, what the A through F report card shows is a poverty level. Yes. Um, all right, so there's a, other big news that happened today. Um, the governor has announced, uh, very exciting, that um, school employees will now be moved to tier two in the vaccine uh, plan, which means that school staff will be allowed to get in that sort of second wave of vaccine recipients. And the state predicts that could come sometime in January. So sooner rather than later, and as schools are looking at going back um, for the spring semester. Um, Gina, how did you feel when, when you heard that that was gonna happen? Well, um, I, I am very grateful um, that, you know, we're gonna have the opportunity um, to, to have access to the vaccine. Um, of course, you know, we have to think about with vaccines, This it's not just a, a one and we're immune. Right. Uh, we, we have to take that first shot and then wait and then take the second. And then we have to actually, our, our bodies have to build the antibodies to mm -hmm. it as well. So um, it can't just be the vaccine is the cure-all. We, right. we also need to, I think, do the things that are going to mitigate this virus, wearing our masks, social distancing, um, and washing our hands. But also, um, I think that for me, uh, and, and my personal opinion, is that we need to talk more about community responsibility. And, you know, a lot of it is we've heard a lot about personal responsibility, but we need to think about this in the communities. I know that mm -hmm. our healthcare professionals have asked us to have community responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, our teachers across the state and across the nation right now are asking for community responsibility. Uh, of course, our tribal leaders are also asking for community responsibility. Uh, and so we all want the same thing. I'm a mom, I'm a teacher. Um, I, and for us, I want my kids back in school. That's what we all want. All of the teachers, right. we miss them. But I, we also want to do this safely. 
because sure. honestly, Carrie, I, I'm, I'm tired of writing every single week on my social media page. My heart goes out to this family. Yeah. My heart goes out to this family. My heart goes out to this school um, because, you know, we, we are in it. We are in a teacher shortage. We are in um, a crisis when it comes to that. And, and I'm concerned that we're going to lose more educators uh, because of the stress, because of COVID, because mm -hmm. of retirement. Um, and so for me, um, I think that we, we can be optimistic. I'm an optimistic person, but we need to make sure that we take the steps to make sure that our children are safe our, and, and our children who are taught by adults who catch mm -hmm. this virus and die yeah. of the virus, we need to make sure that they're safe as well so that our kids can get a good education. Right. Because they need those professional teachers in that classroom to teach them, not a sub, not an yeah. emergency certified, whoever they decide to put in, but a certified teacher who's going to love and care for them and that knows their profession. Alicia, what about you? How did you, how did you feel whenever you found out that, that this was happening? Well, Educators uh, want to be back in school face-to-face. -face. Everything that yes. Gina said is absolutely true. Um, and the governor has been pushing for that face-to-face -face school, but he hasn't given the leadership and the guidance to our state to make that happen. We, how do we know this? Because we're number one in spread of the virus. 168.1 uh, per 100,000 is tops in the nation. In, in, in community, it's, so it, it's ridiculous, really. And so, as, as Gina said, we've got to do something as individuals and as communities beyond just the vaccine, because the reality is, okay, we may get the vaccine sometime close to the end of January, and it's a phased in system. So it's going to take a month or so to get everyone in. Uh, vaccinated, that wants to be vaccinated, right? And then um, you take that first vaccine, 21 to 28 days, depending on which vaccine you take, mm -hmm. you take the second vaccine. And then a couple of weeks after that, you've built up those antibodies that make you more immune to that 90 to 95%. So we're still going to need a holistic approach to mitigating the spread of the virus. Yes. Vaccination, mask wearing, social distance, good ventilation, hand washing, all of those are key. So um, that was great news that came from the governor uh, today. And I know that there are many education employees who are really excited um, and school leaders and parents and families. Um, but there was something that was um, pretty surprising this week and frustrating um, from the governor's office. Um, the governor released a video in which OEA was blamed for what's happening right now. Um, and OEA is not a single person. It is, um, it is teachers and bus drivers and cafeteria workers and um, all of the people that make school happen every day across the state. Um, and I just, I, I wanted to get both of your reaction to that, Alicia, will you go first? What when you hear that blame assigned to OEA, um, how do you respond to that? First of all, it's good that we're doing this. Um, you know, almost 24 hours after I saw the video, because uh, the, uh, I was just incensed. It is ridiculous 
first of all, to uh, the number of fallacies in that infomercial commercial for school choice is what I'm going to call it, uh, that that have to be corrected. Not the least of these is the fact that they said that um, schools were not feeding students and yeah. specifically denoted homeless students. Now, that is absolutely not true. Yeah. That 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 is proven over and over again. Schools, cafeteria workers are going above and beyond to make- They have been since March. They, they have been, not, not just having meals at the school that people can drive by and get, but going out into communities, getting on buses and doing drop-offs at, at all the bus route stops. I mean, it just goes, the list of what's gone on in schools goes on and on and on in how schools have stepped up to make sure that our students are being fed uh, a nutritious meal and are still learning uh, in a virtual or blended or face-to-face -face way. And, um, and, and it takes not just teachers, but support professionals to make that happen. And, and we're all on the front line in that. Um, and you're right, OEA isn't this building that I'm sitting in. OE I am not the OEA. I speak for 30,000 future educators, current educators and retired educators. You know, OEA is your second grade teacher. OEA is that special education teacher that is taking care of kids who have, uh, who are medically fragile. OEA is that bus driver that is picking your kids up safely in the morning and dropping your kids off safely in the evening. It's that maintenance worker that is uh, that's working on technology issues. It is uh, it is Gina Nelson, uh, our state teacher of the year. We are the OEA, and and by golly, you know you you can blame me for a lot of things because as anyone else, I am imperfect. But our members have stepped up and gone above and beyond uh, any expectation to make sure that school is happening for kids every single day. Gina, how, how about you? Well, I, I am a mom too. And I have a lot, I have a lot of concerns as well. Um, but I think that blaming any one entity right now, it is not productive. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it's not going to help us. Um, now, I mean, I'm going to be really honest. I, I've, I've never met the governor. I've never spoken to the governor. Um, I'd love to sometime uh, because there are a lot of voices out there from teachers that I'm very concerned about. I'm concerned about their safety. And, and honestly, if, if teachers are saying that something is unsafe, then that means that there are kids in that building, that there's something that we need to also talk about as well. Um, but we have we have educators that are that are putting their hearts, their souls, and their health on the line every single day. We have people who are serving those meals every single day, bus drivers, and and for me right now, um, we we don't need to play who is the enemy. If we have the common goal of getting us all safely back in school, then we have to work together. 
blaming this person, putting pressure on school boards, calling these people out. That is not how we come together as a community and solve problems. That is not the Oklahoma standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to say that I, I understand everything is emotional right now and it's raw. I am not, I am not going to, you know, to bad mouth people at all because I, I know, you know, I, I, I see I see the yeah. things. I see my, my own children that, that struggle as well. I, I have a 10-year-old daughter that has looked me in the eye as I am trying to help her with her virtual learning and said, I don't think you're qualified to teach me. <laughs> so I completely, thanks. I, thanks okay. I, I completely empathize. You know, yeah. I, I have a, a kid in high school as well that I know that they're, they're missing out on, on so many of those milestones and, and we know it's not fair as moms. We know yeah. it's not fair as educators. But we are, our number one priority is the safety of the people of Oklahoma. And, uh, and because for, for me, it comes down to one simple thing. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And I'm going to love all my neighbors, whether they get mad at me because, you know, I believe, you know, we got to take care of safety. We got to take care of children. And that's okay. You don't, you don't have to, because I'm going to love you back. And this is all about that for me. Um, and, and so that's, that's the lens I'm looking at it from. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully now that, you know, that we, we have some, you know, the hope with the vaccine um, and, you know, more guidance and more knowledge as we as we learn about the virus and we understand it, that we can stop pointing fi- fingers and really do things that are going to take care of each other. You know, Gina, there was something that you mentioned that got me thinking about how um, it's interesting that people, I think, sometimes forget that educators, healthcare workers, all these different groups, we're all part of the same community. Everybody, everybody's, you know, lost people. They know people that have got COVID. Um, they, and they, you know, and there are parents who are educators who are seeing their, you know, they're trying to teach full-time and also teach their kids full-time. They're going through those same struggles too. Like educators and support professionals aren't immune to all of the consequences of the pandemic. You know, everybody's living that also, you know, and, and our kids will remind us that we're not qualified. We know. <laughs> and and I'm not. My 17-year-old yeah. in all AP classes. Uh, and I stopped being able to help her with her math in fourth grade. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there is that. But you're right. This pandemic has been hard on students. It's been hard on yeah. parents. It's been hard on educators. And it is going to take all of us working together Yes. to, to mitigate the spread and um, and we need leaders who will not pick fights and not place blame, right. but but will reach out and listen to all stakeholders and have and, and give value in in what we're saying. We need help in our community. We need help with a mask mandate. We we needed help and have gratefully received help on putting us up in uh, another tier of that vaccination. Um, and and we need we need leaders who aren't just about the soundbite of opening up schools yeah. because all of us want to open up schools. Yes, so we have to do it safely, and it and it takes limiting community spread to do that. Um, and that's the way that we'll be able to open schools and keep them open and and not have this back and forth. Yeah, it's going to take. Yes, 
here, here. Well, um, thank you so much, Gina, for joining us today. Um, and thank you to everyone who's watching and listening today to this special edition of Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again on our usual Fridays. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.